Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Hello! Episode 107 of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. It's chaos right now. I have today... (laughs) Today I have Bones, Jared, and my lovely wife, Connor. We're uh, we're doing the whole thing together today. How are you guys doing? I'm good. We're riding the tricycle today, and I'm I'm excited. We're... (laughs) Yeah, we're riding the tricycle. We got the tripod going on here. So we're going to be talking about some cool and useful things. Past couple weeks, we've been talking about a lot of history, telling some tales and all those fun things. And we're coming at you with some fresh, right off the butcher block, helpful information. Bones, why don't you tell us what you're going to talk about? Let's hit the three things we're going to be talking about. Sleep. Connor? Water. Water. Very good. And I will be uh, discussing movement. But luckily, I have two experts on that subject here with us today. Connor, I didn't ask you how you're doing. How are you? I'm great. Short and sweet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. Yeah, great. What you sipping on, Corey? I'm having a little Rough Rider. This is a bourbon that is aged in Chardonnay casks, and it's got a picture of teddy roosevelt on a horse with an american flag in his hand great (laughs) what are you drinking bones he made an appearance once again (laughs) every episode this should be called the teddy roosevelt podcast (laughs) i'm drinking kool-aid a kool-aid in a plastic cup oh featuring my my dogs the weenies yes there they are we'll look at them people want to see this fancy cup they got to watch the video. You got to be on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're on YouTube now. Um, all of our raw and edited uh, episodes are on YouTube, and you can find them there. You can also click a link uh, below if you're uh, listening to this in iTunes and click on the link for Red Circle, and you'll be taken to a page to donate money to us mm, or yes. uh, subscribe to exclusive content, which we'll be releasing two episodes every month. Uh, I think is what we're doing for exclusive content. And uh, this is totally a money grab. We're trying to take all your money. So. <laughs> but we're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get good things out of it. Yeah. Promise. Yeah. I promise. Okay. The extra content is going to be fun. It's going it to be is. a lot of fun. It's going to be good. Okay. Well, um, let's go into our topics for the day. So these yes. are going to be, uh, we have, we like you said, I'm doing, we're going to talk about sleep, water, and movement. And these are three ha- uh, health aspects uh, of your life that they think that we're, we're going to improve. So how about we get into it? Who wants to go first? One, two, three. I'll go. <laughs> I'm always the first to go because I just like to get it out of the way when, when we do presentations and stuff. And that's just how it goes. You were the kid in class that would raise his hand and run up to the front. 100%. Absolutely. Because... Like Generally, it. the person who goes first always got the leeway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the teacher was a little bit nicer to the first group or first person. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, we're going to talk about movement. And like I said, uh, you guys are excellent sources of knowledge on this because you were both CrossFit coaches. You've both coached athletes on high levels, low le- lower levels people who are just getting into fitness and that's kind of where we go with movement. Movement can be really broad. It can be really specific. And we're going to start by laying some things out. So like, what is movement? Movement is the great equalizer. Humans by nature are meant to move. And, and there's lots of different ways that we can do it. So the problem that we have sort of, gotten ourselves into in the modern era is movement is like stuck into specific categories so we're going to the gym for an hour uh maybe maybe a couple times a week to simulate some activities that we used to do as humans 
uh, like our ancestors didn't need to work out. They didn't go to the gym. What did they do? They walked, they climbed, they ran, they crawled, they swam, they clambered over things, they hauled stuff, they dug holes, they squatted and picked stuff up, they threw things. Climbed trees. They climbed trees. I mean, carrying things, you know, because they had to to survive. So they didn't need an exercise class. They were the ultimate wilderness <laughs> athletes. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they needed to get somewhere, like this is, you know, a long time ago, they ran or walked. Even things in uh, like a social aspect, they dance to share, uh, share stories, celebrate rituals, or mm-hmm. y- you know what else? They just sometimes they just played, wrestled. You know what I mean? So I think that movement by nature are those things, and we have kind of grown into a pretty sedentary society. So how does that relate to the, the society we live in? It's pretty broken down, and when people get into movement, they think, well, I want to look better, I want to lose weight, I want to adjust to the most recent social norm or, like, fashion trend on Instagram or whatever in the magazines. And then sometimes it's, like, just the man telling us what to do, right? That's just what we should do. And then, so sometimes it can be for vanity, like, you post... Your uh, your once monthly workout on Instagram and uh, say you're getting back on track and then, you know, in a couple of days you end up right back where you were because turns out getting healthier is actually kind of hard. <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks on the Internet or in magazines or whatever. So, yeah, well, that, that instance, like the one you're describing is is like uh, like we always say the highlight moment, right? The highlight reel is, is social media. So, yep. Yep. There's a whole process and grind that's pretty boring that people don't want to mm-hmm. see. That's very real. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like recovery, all the things, like nutrition, all these things that don't get glorified is, yeah, that's, it. it's not holistic. We get to see, the, you know, the people doing bicep curls and mm-hmm. the transformation photos. But like back in episode 81, we talked about apocalypse fitness and being useful and what that looks like. So... Can you run a mile or even run a 100-meter sprint to save somebody? Can you jump over an obstacle? Can you fend off an attacker? Can you lift a log that fell on your shelter? It's interesting. I come. I can talk about this from a place of experience because it's really easy for me to live a lazy lifestyle. I like sitting on the couch. I like you know relaxing. I enjoy these things. And for a lot, the majority of my life, I would say, did that. When I graduated from college, and I was that person. Like, if I go to the gym a couple times a week for an hour, I felt like I was good. But then there was no, there wasn't enough activity outside of that. So there was a lot missing. And when I graduated from college, I had a job where, for the most part, I'm sitting at a desk. And that's kind of what, like, we've become as a society. We sit and our knees ache and our back hurts and we're generally pretty fat and overweight and out of shape. And so we just think that's the way things are. My body hurts. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's just kind of like the shift that we've had. That's become the norm, right? So movement for me, it all came crashing into a pile when I started working at the park because every day now I'm walking a lot. I'm lifting things i'm bending over i'm you know doing all this stuff and i was like i thought i was sort of in shape i thought i was pretty strong and i learned like real life strength as a human is a lot different from gym strength and that sort of process of doing that and bones and connor you got to see it too like training for m coles and getting into the best shape that i've ever been in taught me a lot about what fitness actually looks like you know and useful fitness functional fitness cross you know the crossfit sort of motto about functionally fit people yeah and, and i think that the process of you going through the m coles to you specifically it was it, i think you really learned the sacrifice that it takes to get to that goal that like the audacious the the pretty pretty difficult goal because you couldn't i mean the m coles was 30 push-ups 30 sit-ups yeah. um separate or, or sorry, it was more than that, but you have one minute to get 30 push-ups. 30 push-ups, 32 sit-ups, a, ju- a 17-inch vertical jump, 
Yep, and then the run, yeah. And then the run. Yeah, the run was the hardest, but you still, in the very beginning, looking back, you didn't have the push-ups, and you didn't have the sit-ups, and you weren't very close. And no. the process is, is was tough. But like anything, your body's going to adapt to whatever you give it. So if you work at it and you you do push-ups, your body will get better at push-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you if you sit uh, and you just accept that you're probably not going to get good at push-ups, then you're not going to get good at push-ups. Bones, let me ask you something. In your job now, especially, you work with a lot of older folks who have been sitting for a long time or not, or not, I shouldn't say sitting, but not moving much for a long time. Is that mm-hmm. correct? That's fair. I make the comparison with this type of stuff. It's like when you sit an old car out in a, in a field for 50 years and you don't touch it, it doesn't drive, it doesn't move. What does it do? It rusts, it freezes, it can't, it no longer moves. The oil no longer flows and things no longer function. So when you're working with these older people who have spent a lot of time living sedentary lifestyles, most likely, what does that look like, especially at an advanced age? Or even some, I know you work with some people that aren't maybe as advanced age, but have some of those similar issues. What does that look like? Right. It's difficult because these people, you, you want to say that movement is going to help everybody, and it would. A lot of the people that I see are otherwise sick, not just because of you know, lack of movement throughout their, throughout their whole life. But there is a point there that, especially when you get older, the, there's a clear difference between the ones that have gone on regular walks or done exercises, been a part of exercise classes, done weightlifting and stuck with it versus the ones that kind of accepted the aging process for, for what society says it is. I only see these people for four weeks at a time and you know, who's doing the work you give them and who isn't. Cause even in four weeks, no matter how old they are or what they have going on, I see a lot of cancer patients and, and different situations that, okay, you could exercise all you want, but your body's fighting a bigger battle, but you see the difference in function as far as, you know, some people can't stand up. Some people can't get out of bed. And the ones that do do the exercises, which are relatively simple to do, you just give the body what it needs and it's going to adapt to it. You see the difference in just a month. Mm-hmm. And then you compare that to a higher, higher stage. So someone that wants to pass a fitness test or wants to bench press 300 pounds or, or squat 500 or, or whatever, or just lose a certain amount of weight. There was the same thing happens. It's just in a different stage, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in just four weeks to a month, you're going to see differences. I think, uh, so Connor, I know, especially in your time working as a CrossFit coach, you worked with a lot of specifically older women. And it was interesting to me because I've heard you talk about this, you know, you're teaching them how to realistically, it's a deadlift movement. It's a squat movement. It's a press movement. You know what I mean? Like in, in the CrossFit world, they're doing like an overhead strict press or they're doing a deadlift or whatever. But all of these movements break down into really basic, like they're picking up the groceries or they're sitting, getting up out of a chair or they're sitting down into a chair. How do those things correlate with the population that you are used to working with? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm teaching a class right now called women on weights and it's a lot of women who, you know, they're 50, 60, 70s. I think when you call things a deadlift or a back squat or a bench press for certain people, that's really intimidating. Oh no, I, I don't back squat. I don't use a barbell. That's really scary. It's really scary to a lot of people. So, but all of these movements, you know, squatting, picking things up off the ground, pushing, pulling movements, they're functional. We do these movements all day long. We don't realize we do them, but we do them. So teaching these people, you know, how to move better, because my philosophy, and I think you both share this philosophy of everything you do in the gym should aid your life outside of the gym. So really, especially with the population that I've been working with and that I used to work with a lot, you know, we want them moving better in the gym, you know, if they have those athletic goals, but we also want them, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to shovel their snow without, you know, throwing out their back, or we want them to be able to pick up their kids or, 
you know, take their dog for a walk and we just want them moving better. And I'm, I'm actually amazed there's so many people that suffer from chronic pain. And I've had people tell me in my class that I've never been able to move this way. They've told me I don't squat. I don't pick things up off the ground. And when they learn how to do it within control, they surprise themselves at, oh, I actually can do this. I've been telling myself, you know, for years, I I can't squat because I have bad knees. That was their excuse. Um, But then when you put a chair behind them, you said, okay, we're not going to squat. We're just going to practice sitting down in this chair and standing back up again. And this is how we're going to do it. They're amazed. You know, (laughs) they're absolutely floored. I mean, I work with younger people with chronic pain and it's really, you know, simple, a simple foam rolling routine cures a lot because a lot of the pain that they're experiencing is, Mm -hmm. you know, tight calves, tight hamstrings, tight hips, um, really inactive glutes, really inactive core. So you really target these areas and it's amazing like you said, in, in a span of four weeks, we can get you out of pain. You said like, oh, like the bad knees thing. Usually it's like they had knee pain for like a couple months or something mm-hmm. in their thirties or whatever. And they just associated it. Right. But then there's a going, then going, what Corey's talking about just moving, right. Just walking more, doing something to move. Then you start solving these issues of inactive glutes because movement is the opposite of sitting sitting down is going to make, I mean, you're sitting on your butt, your butt is just turned off the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's very one specific example, like just a little change, a little change. Yep. Yeah. I think going off of that as somebody who in my, or especially in my like early twenties, I experienced a lot of chronic pain, especially in my back. And I always thought like, this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is, and I'm in pain, and I'm miserable, and every six months or so, I'd throw out my back, and I'd be out of commission for a week, and it was a really miserable experience, because I knew it was going to, I knew it was coming eventually, but I wanted to continue to try to live this lifestyle where I was out, like, you know, lifting weights and whatever, but since I have lost a bunch of weight and continue to get stronger... I haven't thrown my back out in years and really the only time that I struggle with any type of like back pain is days where I lifted tree stumps all day. You know, it's not like debilitating back pain. It's I'm sore from <laughs> lifting this shit all day. You got to pump. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta and, pump. and now Those are your what, erectors. <laughs> what was, yeah, what was even so building all of this, like the, the weight loss, and reducing the amount of weight that I'm actually carrying. And then on top of that is strengthening these muscles that maybe were too weak. So in my case, it was like my my whole core was weak. And then all these other issues started to like pop up that I didn't notice before. But then it was a process of elimination. And as things, these things have sort of been ironed out, I feel really good most of the time now. And so to me, that was, it was the magic of movement. And this started specifically last summer because I was still having bad back problems last summer. And when I finally like crossed the threshold, especially again, training for M coals, I'm training abs, hard pushups, all these pretty natural movements, this pain just disappeared. I mean, the, the harder I pushed in the gym, the better I felt, the more athletic I felt that has translated directly into like my enjoyment of life and what I'm capable of doing. And I think that's where people, I thought this was my, I thought my back pain and throwing my back out was my, my life from here on out. And it was miserable and I didn't see a way out. And I tried everything chiropractor. I mean, all these quick fixes that, you know, muscle relaxers, whatever, when the answer is simple, it's movement. It might have to be focus movement where you need to like find a coach who can understand your pain and address this pain. And then also working on your nutrition as well. So fueling yourself well enough to eliminate some of these problems, but that's where people get it wrong. It's not a magic pill that you're going to take. It's working with a Connor and a bones 
to get your body right again. And I think that's what we miss in general these days because we don't have to live hard anymore. We don't have to go out and hunt for our dinner and it's, we have elevators that take us where we need to go. And we just, as like by how nature or like the nature of our lives go, we move a lot less. So, and you know that walking this is interesting because I've been having this conversation with Jess a couple times lately, uh, specifically about walking. And it relates to kind of uh, childhood. So when we're kids, we we think that it, everything took so long. Like life was like long, right? From high school seemed like it took forever, right? Uh, I mean, we just had, it just like time seems like it's going so fast right now. This is like the mundanity of, of adulthood in some senses. So we do the same things every day. We drive the same routes. We do the same job. We sit in the same spots. And as a kid, you're constantly learning new things. So everything you're taking a bunch of information is it's, everything seems longer. How this relates back to walking is, well, let's compare it to driving. Driving, our brain kind of switches off a lot of the time, right? Like it just goes on autopilot, and that's useful because we're saving energy. But when we're walking, let's say we're going on a trail or a track that we've never been to before, then we're constantly taking in new information. And it's a great way to slow down. And if someone picks up walking over the course of a year and you say you walk every day for 30 minutes on top of a bunch of other benefits, you're going to feel like you have more time in the day because yeah. things are seeming longer because you're taking in so much more information. You have to process it Yep. that it seems like things aren't just slipping away. Like the days that I walk are feel like way longer than the days that I'm constantly driving around and feel like I'm rushing to get somewhere just to sit again. Mm-hmm. You ever wonder why? the people who are outside the most so like avid outdoorsmen and women and john like people like john muir they're they're the some of the wisest people that you're that you'll meet and they're insightful and they have good things to say you got to wonder what if there's a correlation there not necessarily because they're just out in the woods being you know being a hippie or whatever but mm-hmm. if there's the correlation between the lifestyle focused more on movement rather than just sitting and watching TV. Yeah. Obviously there's a lot more sensory things that happen and experiences that happen outdoors, but just, you know, being more attached to that lifestyle has got to, I have always kind of wondered that it's got to, it, it's got to be a player in the, in the wisdom game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of time to slow down when you're walking around out there, and especially if you go to the extreme fringe walkers like John Muir and, and other people. Yeah, so. and even like if you're a gym rat, I feel like you're you're you learn a lot about yourself when you're faced with because working like even working out, you go to the gym, working out is hard. You're faced with mm-hmm. tough realities. You have to learn some lessons. You have to like get better, and that's not something you learn sitting and watch watching TV or you know, whatever. I think walk, I like, I like the idea of walking because for the most part, it's easy to do. You can walk out your front door and go for a walk around your neighborhood for most people, not all people. I'm, I'm a gym person. Now as someone who sits in front of a computer, most of the time, I feel like I have to spend a lot of time counteracting sitting because you do, you start to feel it. I mean, sitting kills. Oh yeah, it, it really I, since does. Since I started doing a, the home health, so I drive drive a lot throughout the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, my my back pain at the gym. I, I'm modifying most things most things these days, and I'm really trying to work my way out of it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, that's the way life is. It ebbs and flows too. Like you could have it right for years, and you can pick up something new, and then have a new set of challenges with movement and, and pain and, and getting mm-hmm. rid of it. So mm-hmm. that's just life, and. Uh, it's so like trying to be scare tactic about it because I've seen some of the results of people just sitting for a long, for years or not ex- yeah. mm-hmm. specifically not exercising. Um, so that you can do a lot pretty good scare tactics, but I don't think that's the goal. No, not at all. And we mentioned earlier breaking a hip. If you break a hip, less than ten percent chance that you'll be alive in ten years. Ninety mm. percent of people that break a hip are dead within 10 years. That's wild. Yeah. 
because yeah. it's such an important joint evolutionary wise it's mobile it's our ultimate form of mobility that mm-hmm. if you break it that even even today's western medicine you're not going to survive you're going to be sitting a lot more and it's not going to work so it's it's just such a good idea to get strong i you, you know when you get injured so like if you break a hip or you know whatever whatever injury you might deal with and obviously some are more significant than others but the the common thing is you need to rest you need to rest and recover and blah whatever um which is true but i think there's also a lot of value in okay what is the problem and intelligently figuring out a a strategy that's going to help you uh recover through that so being able to stay active because i think a lot of times people get caught up in well i need to rest i need to heal and then they forget like wait i'm laying in bed and i'm not activating anything and i'm just i'm just laying here so what's happening am i actually getting better um but that and then that just becomes life you know what i mean it's like well my back hurts now and my you know whatever hurts because all i'm doing is laying here <laughs> well people rash we, we we rationalize it and that's a really good thing that our brain does we rationalize mm-hmm. our behavior yeah, to make yep. us feel good so if you have someone laying in bed all day because they're in pain, well, they're saying, well, I'm in pain, so this is okay. It's not forever. Yeah. But it, it, you don't know. It could be forever. It could, could one be. thing could lead to another. Well, as far as movement, uh, it's one thing really important about movement is staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to the next one. Like I said, we're going to talk about three pillars of health that we're going to, that you can use to move the needle for yourself. So movement is obviously number one and fantastic. You need high quality h2o mm. to fuel this movement connor i want you to take us away with uh with water yeah man i've become a water snob I, dude i'm the same way there's so many reasons too I, i'm okay before you go it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy like the tap water they're Home Depot gives out free test kits to test your water. You can send it in. Oh, right? yeah. And we've done that. Yeah, yeah. And then we talk about the like the fringe, like horrible disasters of Flint, Michigan with with like public water. And that's rare. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't happen in America ever again. There was lead found in uh, water in North Fresno. Like I don't know substantial how many amounts. Yeah, I think that. it was two years ago. I think it was trace amounts of lead. But still, once you yeah. get lead in your body, you're not getting it out. And it, the effects are horrible. So yeah. it's just not like conspiracy, but there's a certain trust issue and there's certain quality assurance you want to put into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. sorry. But with that being said, please tell me what you have to say about water. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Lead, lead is one of the things that can be found in water, which is really scary because lead leads to brain damage. So you you definitely don't want lead in your water. Before we talk about this high quality water that I like now. Um, I was one of the people, you know, in college that had the Brita filter. Did you guys have those? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. The Brita filter. Like you have the, the jug and you put it underneath your tap and it filters it through. Yeah. So I think most people know what a Brita is, but the Brita uses what's called a carbon filter. And that's, this is also typically the filter that you would find in your refrigerator. So we just replaced our refrigerator filter a couple months ago, I think. That's yeah. probably a carbon filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So carbon filtration is good. It's decent. It makes the water taste better. It's pretty good at removing chlorine, other pollutants that you might find in your water. The problem with carbon filters is they can host a lot of bacteria. Mm. So this is one of the reasons why you have to change it so often. So I was so guilty with the Brita filter, you know, a little like light or I would get some sort of notification on top of the filter and it would say like, ah, you got to change your filter. And I'd be like, no, they're kind of expensive. I'm sure this one's fine. And you just kind of keep using it. We've done that with our fridge filter, too. You know, we didn't change it right when we moved in. We changed it a couple of months later. But who knows? Who knows how long it went before we changed it? But they they test these carbon filters all the time. And they said the biggest problem with it is they become, you know, host to these, like, bacteria colonies. Mm-hmm. 
which ends up leaking contaminants into your water. So that just kind of grosses yeah. me out. I can't. I can't do that. It is really gross. <laughs> when when you think about carbon filters, it's like, yeah, they do a pretty good job. It's like, okay, as humans, this is how my brain works. As humans, what is it? Sixty percent of our body is made from water. Mm. Is that yeah, right? It, is it sixty? At least sixty, and major, major players in our body so things like our heart our brain our lungs our kidneys our muscles our bones contain high high amounts of water high amounts of water so these are major players in our body so the way my mind works is why wouldn't you want to take in the best possible you know, ingredient to all of these players, which is water. So I don't want a pretty, okay, Brita water filter, or we have well water. And I think our well water is fine. I don't think I'm going to die from drinking our well water. But if I can have something that's even better, that's not that expensive, Mm. then I'm going to do that. So now what we do... (laughs) is we get reverse osmosis water um, with the minerals added back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, and Bones, I know you and Jess are doing this now too. So it's interesting though. I have a question, but I want you to continue. Oh, yeah. Is it about the minerals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you about the minerals. Okay. But, um, okay. So for for those of you who aren't, familiar with reverse osmosis water, this is kind of considered the gold standard of water filtration. And um, reverse osmosis has been around a long, long time. It's been around since like the 18th century. This is not new technology. Um, It's basically a treatment process where you're taking water through multiple stages of filtration. So you're removing about 99% of common contaminants found in water. So these are things such as chemicals, chlorine, heavy metals. That's the lead. It removes heavy metals, pesticides, parasites, herbicides. So reverse osmosis is the gold standard for removing all of this good stuff or all of this bad stuff, but there's the catch. The catch is the minerals. Mm. So reverse reverse osmosis also removes the minerals, which we need. We want those. So you're removing all yeah. the bad stuff, but you're also removing the good stuff. So what you want to look for is, and it can be tricky to find these machines. So like we go to a health food store that has a a jug filler so we fill five gallon water jugs and it's a reverse osmosis filter and you can select if you want the minerals in it yes you do you want the minerals in it you want you want those minerals because they're things like calcium magnesium and potassium which your body yeah the electrolytes yes very interesting. That's crazy. So yeah, we do the we and just recently, like the past month and a half, we got the Primo water, uh, and mm-hmm. it's all about reverse osmosis, and like it lays out like five different things it gets rid of, and like all the filtration things, and like yeah, boom, sold. Like, but I I guess I had an inclination that okay, what about like the good things that are in water naturally? Like if you were to go to a river and like drink water, you're probably gonna get some magnesium and. In different, mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, depending on what's in the river, <laughs> yeah. good or bad. Hopefully, it's mostly right. good. So, uh, yeah. But we, the Primo, from what I've seen, we just take the jugs too and put it in and fill up five gallons for like thirty nine cents. It's super cheap. But I don't mm-hmm. think there's a. I haven't seen a mineral addition yet. The water conversation is interesting because there's a big water industry these days, right? Like you can't normally just go to a stream fill up your water jug and things are hunky-dory anymore you have to go and buy water and the bottled water industry is a huge is a huge thing in the whole world and in all reality all these big water companies are selling us is tap water like purified tap water 
And there are some water brands, like when you go to the store and buy a bottle of water, a bottle of water, you want to look for certain ones like Fiji. Fiji has, it has the minerals added back in. It's, it's obviously purified and whatever. But otherwise, like when you go buy a bottle of Aquafina, you literally might as well just go drink a glass of water out of your tap. And you're paying $2, you know, for this bottle from the gas station or whatever. And so I think I want people to keep that in mind as well. The bottled water industry, for the most part, is a big racket. And if you have an opportunity to, if you're going to spend money on water, spend your money on this type of water. Because I give Connor crap about it and I kind of poke fun at her. But I do feel a difference in, I just feel better when I drink that water comparatively to other water. So even yeah. cities in like France is a big proponent of it, and specifically in Paris, they have um, even in some places sparkling mineral water. So like Perrier coming out of public water fountains mm-hmm. for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Because water shouldn't be something that is profited by, you know what I mean? Like people should just have good water. So anyway, that was my that's little true. tangent about that. It's very basic. No matter, there can be a lot of debate about what exercises are best and what nutrition is best. Mm-hmm. But at a very basic level, you should be doing, you should be eating, you should be moving, you should mm-hmm. be drinking water. There's a clear difference, like the bottled bottled water industry, the the reverse osmosis, like the the water that is is cleaned and 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 really the best quality. The the last thing I wanted to say is so. You and Jess, Corey, and I we're filling five gallon water jugs. Mm-hmm. You can buy a reverse osmosis system for your home. Um, you can. I was looking it up. They're, they're kind of expensive. You're going to invest a couple hundred dollars. So up front, there's a lot of expense. But then once you've installed this system in your home, it's pretty easy to keep up. Um, but they, I think most of them you can install underneath, you know, a kitchen sink or something like that. But it's something to consider, especially if you own a home and you plan on living there for a long period of time. I think it would be worth the investment. Yeah, I was looking at a reverse osmosis with minerals added back in water filter, which is actually it goes into the basic plumbing of your house. It's not just under your sink. Uh, Mm. So like with us, Mm. because we have a well, it would be before the water even goes into the, the compressor tank, which, you know, then goes into the house. It does all of that stuff, and that's like a couple thousand. But again, you're showering with this mm-hmm. water, you're brushing your teeth, you're drinking it, all this stuff. We got our well. Our well had to be inspected, mm-hmm. and they said something about the bacteria in our well was off. Mm-hmm. And so two guys came to treat the well, and I watched them, and they took, you know – bleach and they dumped gallons of bleach into our well mm-hmm. just kill everything and they told us they told us we're dumping bleach into your well don't drink anything for you know a 24 hour period i thought what the <laughs> are you serious that's just how it's You're done too well that's, with yeah, that's how it's done that's just how it's done or chlorine and yeah. then it's and then it's okay after that. And I just kept thinking, but that's in our well now. And I know it's fine. I know it's not going to, you know, kill us, but I don't want that, those chemicals <laughs> right. in my it's body. Such a, it's such a fine line between like a conspiracy of like against your body. Like, okay, what? Okay. Yes. It yeah. kills like the bacteria, but then you have this chemical in your system. Yeah. But there's a fine line between like, okay, you don't want to like buy into like be scared or whatever of it. Because you know it's fine. It's not going to kill you like tomorrow. But who knows? I mean, there's tons of things that were coming out in the Industrial Revolution, like lead paint. Everybody mm-hmm. used lead paint. Asbestos. Everybody everybody uses, yeah, all of, uh, asbestos in the buildings. A lot of people, like not a couple decades, not even, were dying because of exposure of, to these things. So, yeah, you don't want to like try to blow a whistle and sound like, you know... <laughs> everything is out to get you but at the same time we don't know we're kind of a science experiment in the making with all of these things and you might as well take a little bit of money and just get some good fucking water (laughs) yeah and it's hard because you have you have water treatment specialists saying 
this is how it's done. We've done this for, you know, decades, but it's, I always think of the long-term consequences. It's like, okay, have you conducted studies and followed people 50 years from now and documented, okay, what did this treated well water do to them over time, over a 50 year span? Probably not. I don't think anyone's conducting those studies. Maybe we should look. It's like, oh, another person got cancer. Okay. Yeah, right. And it's kind of mysterious, but it's like all of these things, all of these things factor in. So if I have a choice and I can afford this pretty low cost water upgrade, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm all in. We spend $22 a month on drinking water. And you compare that to anything else in your life, a phone bill, uh, Netflix subscriptions, anything right. like that. Okay. Well, this is like, mm-hmm. what do you want? You want some water, some really good water? Because it's not that expensive, <laughs> and all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought yeah. uh, the uh, well, like a water dispenser. It's a top loader. That was like 110 bucks from Home Depot. Oh, yeah. We have we have that, too. It's like yeah, a water it's a wa- cooler it's a water that, cooler. that you would see exactly. in an office. That's exactly what it is. It pours yeah. out steeping hot water. So like you can just pour a tea bag, yes. hot water tea, does cold water. Does you get your bone broth water. on. You get... Yeah. Well, it doesn't pour out bone broth. Well, yeah, but you... You know, you pour the powder in and then boiling hot oh, water. Oh, yeah. If you, if you add powder, yeah. You get your matcha tea on if you want. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I forgot about the bone broth powder, man. That's still weird. So, but it's been like the best investment because I hated just the taste of the tap water here was weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never liked it. Like if you also like going through college, sinks were tended to be uh, dirty. So I like had a bad association yeah. with like water is coming out of this dirty mm-hmm. spot. Anyways. It's just such a, it's a good feeling. And then you just take these big five gallon jugs, use the same jug every time and just refill your five, you know, mm-hmm. it costs like a dollar to refill both of them. We just get two mm-hmm. every week and it's sustainable. It's good. I love it. Well, I definitely know that I sleep better at night having nice, healthy, clean water, but sometimes other things trouble me uh, when I need to sleep better. So bones. hmm you're gonna tell us how to sleep better. You want me to cure your troubled sleeping? What troubles I you, sure man, do. my boy? I'd like you to read me a bedtime story <laughs> and nice calm cup of tea right before yeah. bed. Nice calm cup of bone broth. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, the the truth is, we spend a majority of our life sleeping. Not a majority of our life. We spend a pretty major part of our life sleeping. And if I think there's something to splurge on. I think it would be a really like a good mattress pillows and sheets uh, for your sleep. And I think that's base level. And you really kind of at this point, if you're anybody that kind of likes to go into, uh, I guess, healthy living and improving your life, you kind of know the basics of healthy sleep, sleep etiquette. But there is a way. So if you're having trouble falling asleep, insomnia, things like that, there's or you're, you're stressed out throughout the day. Sleep is one of the easiest low hanging fruit things that you can pull in mm-hmm. rain in to improve those things so every day that we wake up we, we kind of wake up with a new brain and throughout the day our brains we're using them constantly so Corey, when you go to work you're constantly using your brain to to make choices what tree to cut down mm-hmm. where to go next what to look at in the forest connor same thing anybody works on a computer we're constantly making choices uh throughout the day even if we're just sitting around all day we're, we're still using our brain through behavior um, and everything you come into contact with and just simply th- just thinking about things. Uh, and the longer that we stay awake, the longer our brain use gets, gets, uh, it, it persists, which as a principle, everything that we're coming in contact with is a stressor. So the longer we're awake, the more of a stress that all this takes on our brain. Um, and through this stress growth can occur, but like all stress, it's, you need rest. It's like the, the difference with the you stress, which is good for you, and distress, like long bouts of distress are bad. Yeah, yeah, sure. Either way, I mean, like some stress, stress is good. Some stress is good. So being happy, like playing Warzone, that's mm. a you stress generally, right? Because we're having fun and we're not in danger. We're not actually in danger. So yeah, some stress is good, but either way, it's a, it's a stress, right? No matter what, it's a stress. And your body yeah. doesn't really recognize the difference between what we call eustress or, or distress. It's all going to take a toll. And we need rest in order for that stress to become beneficial to us. So you think about movement or working out in a gym. It's not the act of doing that that makes you stronger. It's how much you can rest. 
and the brain is no different and sleep is pretty much the necessary pit stop for your body and brain to recover. And depending on what you do with your day, your sleeping brain sifts through all the information that you go through and gets rid of the useless stuff. It cements in all the memories that you want to, you want to use for later. So Corey, you learned how to use a chainsaw and put down a tree. You're going to remember that, but the stick that you stepped on and it broke and kind of, you made a weird sound. You're probably going to forget that because it doesn't mean anything, right? Off it goes. Um, off it goes. It doesn't matter. And all these new things are formed in your brain. And when you wake up, your brain is basically new. It's like filing. It's like a filing thing. Like you file things away and then things you can pull out and then things you throw away. It's like the SpongeBob episode. Mm. Throw everything out, but fine dining and breathing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Connor? I sure do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, Connor and I will have to watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, you tell her. It's on Amazon Prime, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. He's a yeah. good guy. <laughs> and so when we sleep, we go through these different stages. And the popular one is the REM sleep, which is the rapid eye movement. Uh, and your deepest state of sleep is called slow wave sleep. And this was something that I learned that's new. And you gain the true rest that your brain needs in this stage of sleep. And you cycle between these stages of sleep throughout the night. So you're never just in slow wave. You're never just in rapid eye movement. You're constantly going in between uh, these stages. And it's important. It's a sign of a healthy brain. The longer that you remain awake, the more desperate your brain becomes of the slow wave sleep. So, mm. you know, you think about staying up for 18, 20, 24 hours and beyond, you're going to suffer quite a bit. And there are studies demonstrating that increasing time in slow wave sleep for people reduces the symptoms of depression, anxiety, and reduces the chronic and short-term stress, which is, like I said in the beginning, just such low-hanging fruit to reduce the stress levels because life is better when we're responding to stress in a healthy way. So I guess here's where we can dive in and start. I guess we can learn how to get better at sleep and, and have more energy throughout the day and reduce those stress levels. And so our body is in tune with a clock and these, I guess, different systems have their own clock, but ultimately they're run by the brain. And if we lived without electricity, the chronic stress that we deal with today would probably go down. And this is because we would tune in with the circadian rhythm. We would fall asleep as soon as the sun goes down and we wake up as sunlight shows over the horizon. But due to late nights of screen time specifically, as well as things that we do during the day, artificial light. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's unnatural light really. And, uh, it's, we, <laughs> we're all guilty of staying up too late and looking at a screen, whether it's like, sometimes it's that, that is, we feel like that is the way to de-stress is to watch a, a mindless show or movie or look at Instagram, get distracted. This, due to that screen time, our body, got the clocks kind of get out of whack. And a, a wacky circadian rhythm disrupts your brain's ability to send down the correct hormonal signals. And one of those hormones is cortisol. And cortisol is known as a stress hormone. We've talked about it quite a bit on here. And we think it's bad, but it's actually there for a good reason. And this was one of the things I learned that was super useful and Knowledge is power. I used to think that I have to get rid of you know all the cortisol, do everything, get rid of the cortisol, but it's there for mm. a reason. So when you're healthy, your body will produce cortisol according to the circadian rhythm. So there's a surge in the morning and it falls off sharply at night. If this rhythm is thrown off, your response to stress will be thrown off too. The reason cortisol is released in the morning is thought to be because of our evolutionary adaptation to hunting or gathering. So in the morning, the first thing mm. we want to do is break our fast so we need food and we want to get moving as soon as we can to hunt or gather nutrition or basically we're gonna we're gonna suffer uh and human suffering sucks and death is even worse so your body basically takes over sends down these signals with cortisol and says get going because you need it so this stress upon the response in our brain evolved and we use that response to react so we might curb our hunger and, and survive and as the day goes on that cortisol will go down uh, as our bellies get filled, we accomplish tasks, do our jobs. And this was all, you know, way, way back. And, and we're able to rest and digest for the night, which is the falling off of cortisol in the evening. So it's kind of cool. Our brain rewards us for taking our care of ourselves. It's it's pretty nice. So you take away the natural sleep, sleep rhythm and our cortisol release can malfunction. It can interrupt the natural release of another hormone 
which is melatonin. And these two kind of like work together. One is a balance in it. Melatonin aids in boosting that parasympathetic tone. So the rest and digest, right? Uh, and without it, that restful sleep would be pretty much impossible without melatonin. And we think uh, we can't sleep at night, take some melatonin, five milligrams, 10 milligrams is a lot, and you'll be able to fall asleep. But just as important as it is to get it at night, you need to reduce it in the morning. You need to reduce that melatonin in the morning. So you can do this. You can reduce the melatonin in the morning by getting up first thing. You want to exercise in the morning or go for a walk outside. Then you eat breakfast before you begin, you know, the rest of whatever you do for the day, work or whatever you're doing. You avoid exercise at night as this raises cortisol levels, especially intense exercise. So low level, steady pace, aerobic exercise for 30 minutes has shown to reduce inflammation and cortisol levels in the body, right? So cortisol is, is released in the morning. You want to use that cortisol for something that your body recognizes it for, mm. which is a walk, right? So you're kind of tricking your body into thinking, I need to go get food. This is basically I'm gonna what go, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you come back home after you walk the dogs, after you walk Annie or whatever, and you eat food and your body's like, okay, we're good. You know, we can chill out. And, uh, and then that melatonin actually is able to later at night start to be produced. Or as if you wait to exercise till at nighttime or even late afternoon, you're going to increase your cortisol levels and that melatonin is going to get pushed off way later. Right. Mm. Kind of, I did this for about two or three weeks. We'd get up, walk outside, get some sunlight, um, and either exercise in the morning or, you know, do everything I need to earlier versus at night. And man, I'm like knocked out by 10 PM, which is, was extremely early versus when I would work out at night at mm-hmm. five 30, four 30, I'd be up until mm-hmm. 10 30, 11, 11, 15. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty substantial change. That was, that was makes sense. I mean, proof in the pudding. It's so like kind of complicated, but it's also so simple. It's also simple, right? It's like, yeah. we have everything we need. The body yeah. has, we've been on this earth for who, whatever, how long, many years, Right. We've evolved for certain reasons and we're not special. Like our bodies have evolved on this earth for a reason. I I think we, uh, we have everything. We're smarter than we, yeah, we think we're smarter than our, uh, we're smarter than we are. We're smarter than our bodies think we are. Uh, You know what I mean? We, we try to outthink just the natural processes of what makes us creatures, human being. I mean, you know what I mean? We're just Mm -hmm. nothing but mammals. We have everything we need. We really do. And I think you should do what feels right. Like if you know you need to go to bed by 930 or 10, then, you know, listen, really listen to that's it. Late. It takes yeah, discipline. That's yeah. late. <laughs> that's late for you. Yeah, you guys go to bed early. 830. 830. <laughs> Fucking hey, that's crazy. So that's really? why like they, yeah, sometimes, yeah. The big, a big thing is like um, when you feel like your circadian rhythm is really out of whack, the suggestion is go camping, right? Because yeah. then... You're out in the wilderness, you're out at a campground, and then, like, you go to bed when the sun goes down pretty much, and you wake up when the sun comes up. And if you don't, like, a lot of people, you know, they sit around the campfire and they get drunk or whatever, mm-hmm. and they hang out, but then they do wake up when the sun comes up. Yeah, you don't have because a choice. You did, that's just what you do. That's how it is, yeah. You're you not sitting in a dark room. Yeah. Have you guys heard of a... Oh, what's it called? When you okay, when you fly across time zones, mm-hmm. what is it called when you have trouble sleeping? Jet lag. Jet lag. Have you heard of this jet lag cure where whenever you land at oh, the new yeah. location, you take your shoes and socks off and you walk around to gr- literally ground yourself yeah. and connect with the it's energy. It's to help your body. Yeah, it's help your body reconnect with the rhythm of with that circadian rhythm mm-hmm. that's built into the ground and the rotation of the earth and all of that. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never done that, but I mean, I've done grounding before, mm-hmm. but I've never done it as, you know, a jet lag cure. Right. When we travel to the West coast, if we travel to the West coast, like later this year, we should try that. We should do that. Yeah, give it a yeah. try. We're going to fly a red eye back to Michigan in December. So oh, yeah. Try That'd too. be interesting. Gonna, It'll be cold. Really, <laughs> it's uh, Man, it's I don't, I wouldn't put it past. Right. It sounds 
weird hokey in the world of Western medicine and it things does. like that. But I wouldn't put it past us. I mean, like I said, we've been here for millions and millions of years, right? I mean, we've adapted Seems, to certain things. Yeah, and it makes you know, sense to me. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And maybe there's a placebo I've, effect, but either way, it works. Does mm-hmm. it matter? <laughs> yeah, right. It's better than taking an Ambien yeah. to right. knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard bones exactly what you were saying with the circadian rhythm of as soon as you wake up go for a walk Mm -hmm. and it's better to go for a walk like right as the sun is coming up Mm -hmm. i've also heard to improve sleep is not only walk in the morning when you wake up at sunrise but walk again at sunset Mm. so you're exposing your body to that natural light versus you know i wake up and i jump on a computer screen Mm -hmm. And at night I'm watching a TV screen or I'm on my phone. Mm -hmm. So take away that light and go outside morning and night and expose yourself to the natural light. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, like the sun is life. Uh, And and I guess going off kind of what you were talking about, the grounding thing and and getting more sunlight, uh, there's a couple other weird things that I can tell you. So as far as light, like obviously block out the blue light. uh, But then that, so what you're talking about, the bright daylight. So they said at least... 30 minutes, three times a day is going to like, uh, it's going to regulate your melatonin production for nighttime. Um, so morning, evening, and then what, like what you said, like right at uh, sunset, here's the next weird one. Some food, uh, kind of have built in ready-made melatonin. So sprouted lagoons, uh, Montmorency cherries. And this is the weird huh. one milk from cows that have a good circadian rhythm that have been milked at night. I was weird. like weird. I was like great grandma's warm milk. That's where that comes warm from. Milk. Yeah. Huh. It's uh hmm. I thought it was weird, but I was like, eh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. Why not? You know? Why not? That's <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. That makes yeah. sense why, hmm. you know, when you can't sleep, they say drink some milk. Yeah. Cuz cows, most of them are going to have good circadian rhythms, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I mean you, but were they think, milked at night? Right. right well. Yeah, were they milked? But then you think, okay, on the top of your head, like, that probably doesn't matter. Like, what the hell? It's just milk. But I guess, like, hormones and different things get in the milk, and yeah. it's, it's better for you. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. it, we're kind of, at this point, tricking our bodies because we live in this modern world with all these nice things, and we don't have to go out and hunt for our food, and we don't have to... Um, you know, rest and we don't have to rest and digest at night. You know, we could be stressed out all day and stay up all night. So we're kind of tricking our bodies at this point into what evolution has designed us to do. Right. So another big one was temperature. Uh, so obviously you want to keep a cool room. That's base baseline. So when you go to sleep, your organs are the one parts of your body that cools down, right? You heard about your body, the core temperature drops. So it's your core, so your organs, but your extremities stay hot. So uh, Hmm. a good trick, you could take a hot bath. By taking a hot bath, it warms everything up, but then your core cools down and heats up your extremities and that stimulates sleep. The trick is, if you don't want to take a hot bath, put something hot on your feet. So Jess bought these slippers and she puts them in the microwave and they heat up (laughs) and she puts them on her feet and uh, this, stimu- this stimulates sleep. It tricks your body, I guess. So by taking that hot bath, our, cod- our body cools down because it transfers heat from our core to our extremities, which makes us feel hmm. sleepy. But hmm. by putting the hot thing on your feet, hot slippers, we can mimic this by warming our feet, which tricks our body into thinking the core should be cooling down, and that makes your brain want to fall asleep. So you basically trick your body into thinking it's sleep without taking a hot bath if you don't want to take a hot bath. Yeah, I'll bite on so, yeah. that. Yeah, buy some hot slippers. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, I mean, either way, hot bath, that's nice. Hot slippers, that's not bad either. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, so that's what I got for sleep, you know. I think if you're experiencing like that, anything, chronic stress, uh, acute stress from work or friendships or relationships, anything, health issues, the best thing you do is is get back on your sleep and do the things you know you need to do. And they Mm -hmm. say like that seven to nine hours, each into each, every single one of us is going to vary, but... The best thing you do, get up first thing in the morning, go outside for a walk or exercise in the morning, get at least 30 minutes of that sunlight and uh, maybe try warming up those cold feet. Yeah. Warm your tootsies. I think this, yeah, warm the tootsies up. I think this is great because this is, these are the foundational things that I think a lot of people miss. And so this is what the weekly warrior is based on is the people out there that are 
striving to do extraordinary things, but it might be a soccer mom. It might be, you know, anybody, you know, who's just doing the, the daily thing, but trying to live their best life and implementing some of these really simple things like drinking better water, like higher quality water that is not just triple filtered, but maybe has minerals added back into it or sleeping better and coming up with some strategies to sleep better or just moving more. And everyone's movement is going to look different. It can be a walk. It can, I mean, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And that's what it boils down to is these, these small things that add up to big Mm -hmm. results, right? Consistently small things plus consistency, big results. All right, guys. Well, that was, that was fantastic. Those are the three, uh, nominal health hacks, I guess for, uh, for better health. Yeah. Movement, water and sleep. So we're going to be back next week with episode 108. And I just want to say thank you to my co-hosts for being here. Bones and Connor for chatting and being so wonderful. I want to thank each and every one of you out there doing your best to be your best and always discovering your warrior within. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. This was Corey, Connor, and Jared. And we want to remind you that, yeah, we're on YouTube. You can go check us out there. If you're listening on iTunes, take five seconds, scroll on down, leave us a five-star rating and a review, and that would be fantastic. We would love that Christmas gift from you. You can also sign up for exclusive Weekly Warrior Podcast content through the link below where you're going to get two secret episodes every single month just for you. Until next week, get out there, enjoy your life, fight the squirrels, do whatever you love, and be well.